Today's episode of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's the Locked On Eagles podcast, as always, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Louis DiBiase joining you alongside my co-host, Gino Camilleri. It's a Tuesday edition of the show, episode number two this week of five. That's right, we're back doing daily shows Monday through Friday right here on LOE. We did yesterday our training camp preview, starting with the offensive line. Today, we're going to dive deep into the wide receiver position. We're going to go position by position the next two weeks as Eagles training camp is just around the corner. It is officially one week from today. We finally have Eagles football returning, at least in the form of training camp at NovaCare Complex. So again, we've got you covered five days a week. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your shows. Gino and I are available, again, five days a week on Odyssey, on Google, on Apple, on Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. Wherever you listen to your podcast, we are are available Monday through Friday. Gino, what's up, man? Diving into the receiver position today. Um, it was interesting. The Eagles finally put up a new banner, but it wasn't a player at all. It was just the hands of Nick Foles holding up the Lombardi trophy. So uh, they're getting ready for the season, and it started with the banner today, taking down the Carson Wentz banner the other day. A little sad to see, but putting up the Lombardi trophy, a little hope instilled in the city, and we'll get that going in seven days when the hope continues. It's kind of fitting that we talk about receivers on the day that they put up, yeah, now the hand model picture of <laughs> yeah. Nick Foles, which I think is very appropriate because yeah. that was a huge moment in the history of the franchise, the regardless one. of who it was. And I think the ultimate goal is raising that Lombardi at the end of the year. Regardless of who's behind it, you need guys that are going to go out there and want to win it. And speaking of guys that have to use their hands to win the wide receiver position, what better than to bring in former Heisman Trophy winner and Devontae Smith to really invigorate and bring some life to that room, which mm-hmm. in the last few years has been injury riddled, tons of question marks, tons of guys that were just practice squad players that became full time players. Now they're evolving into a younger unit. They're moving on from their depth, their older depth and Deshaun Jackson, Elshon Jeffrey. Arguably the biggest question mark position on this team when it comes to how it's going to look come Sundays because they're going to line up in a multitude of different schemes with all of these guys that they have with the different skill sets, the mm-hmm. different athletic profiles, body profiles. I think having question marks at receiver but knowing who the guys are going to be is okay because if you're leaving other teams guessing, it's going to be just as hard as them to prepare for Sundays like it is for us. Like, we're guessing here right now, that's how teams are going to be week one and week two before they really get any tape on what this team is. Yeah, it's been an interesting situation at wide receiver, Gino, over the years. The last two years, they haven't had a receiver, what, over 600 yards total? I think Travis mm-hmm. Fulgham led the team in receiving yards last year, and he was a little under under the 600-yard mark. They haven't had a 1,000-yard receiver since 2000 and. 
Uh, 14, it was Jeremy Macklin before he left for the Kansas City Chiefs. And so now they're, yeah, they're finally hitting the reset. I'm glad we're kind of hitting the reset button here and we're going for the ceiling with a guy like Devontae Smith and investing. You know, it hasn't worked out, but they are investing a lot into this position. First round picks and back-to-back drafts. A second round pick in 2019 in J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Multiple picks as well. Last year in 2020, I should say, with Quez Watkins and John Hightower. Gino, it's a room that, like you said, filled with excitement, potential, but also a lot of unproven resumes. And so it's kind of like the majority of this roster this year in 2021. It's all about finding answers to questions we really don't have a lot of ideas about so far. Much like we were talking about left tackle yesterday, I kind of feel the same way here, and especially how we talked about Jordan Maialata when it comes to skill set, overall talent, Mm -hmm. how they fit into the scheme. I feel that way right now with Jalen Rager because now Devontae Smith is that number one, right? Like clear in a way he's going to be getting covered every single week by the best cornerback on the other team, which leaves a guy who still runs very well, who was injured last year, now fully healthy in Jalen Rager, who didn't get much tape. In creative situations, I would say, he was used very one-on-one ex-receiver-like. But now that you get him into these Y and Z receiver move roles, with Devontae Smith being the number one, Jalen Rager, you're going to just get him the ball in space, usually probably off against off coverage or zone coverage on the the field side of the formation away from the, the number one receiver. He's going to reap rewards from that exponentially in my opinion yeah because we talk about just how good this team will be on bubble screens because they have so many guys that can run it well you have to include Jalen Rager in the conversation you have to include his downfield ability you have to include his ability versus off coverage those are all things that I believe now are going to come to a head and he's going to reap the rewards from that because of Devontae Smith and Above and beyond what Devontae is as a player, I think he does so much more for the guys behind him on the depth chart than just himself, if you if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely, Gino. I think, honestly, since Carson Wentz was drafted in 2016, I think people are more excited for Devontae Smith than any player that's come mm-hmm. into this team. And I don't mean just draft picks. I mean, you know, trades and free agent acquisitions. The hype for Devontae Smith is absolutely real. And I think from the start, it's going to be much like it was with the Vikings last year and Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf and the Seattle Seahawks in 2019. I don't think this is just a guy you see flashes from every few weeks. I don't think this is even like a Brandon Ayuk or LaVisca Chanel mm-hmm. from last year where you get consistency and then a few big games. I think, no, this is from the jump, Gino. I'm having a feeling this is just one of those guys, the minute he plays, you're like, yep, he's a star player. It didn't take any sort of transition from college to the NFL. And that's really, really exciting. And I can't wait for training camp, especially like the joint practices. They're doing one with the New England Patriots this year. And if Stephon Gilmore's still on the team, can't wait to hear about the one-on-ones and that kind of stuff. So in a week, I think Devontae is one of the biggest storylines. And I think he carries more hype than and excitement, maybe even more so than Jalen Hurts does. I absolutely believe so. And, I mean, we're seeing clips of him just in the OTAs, and he his hands look fantastic. And uh, I forgot which reporter it was, but they had tweeted that every day I was there, there was at least one or two times that Devontae Smith say, made me say, wow. And that's what you expect out of that kid. He's mm-hmm. going to wow you, and he's going to be the guy that wins all the accolades for this receiving unit, in my opinion. And rightfully so. There's a reason he was picked at 10. The excitement 
now has to come with the deliverance of putting him in the right position. So now that Nick Sirianni's there, how are they going to use this kid and how are they going to use everybody else around him to maximize his potential? Yeah. And that's the thing. It's not just a one-man game. All of these receivers have to work in cohesion while allowing Jalen Hurts to flourish. And you said since Carson Wentz, you're most excited for Devontae Smith. Mm -hmm. I would say I'm most excited for the pairing of Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith really does, if he becomes that player we're describing, he takes the pressure off, as you said. Jalen Rager, it'll be a really exciting situation to see what he does in year two with this new role. Um, I'm excited to see him, especially they're saying a lot that he could be playing in the slot for the majority of the 2021 season. I think you saw when they moved Nelson Aguilar from the outside in 2016 to the slot in 2017 and 2018, you saw how he benefited from that. And I think Jalen Rager kind of struggled with a lot of the same things Nelly did and you know other guys like J.J. Ortega-Whiteside and even Jordan Matthews for the reasons the same reasons Matthews was a slot receiver pretty much 100% of the time back when he was on the Eagles. He really struggled last year, Gino, against press coverage, and he didn't see that a whole lot at TCU in college. So I think he can improve there. And unlike some of those guys I mentioned, I think he has the skills certainly to improve against press coverage. But I am really excited to see him in the slot where he's going to get easier looks. He's going to have more ability, Mm -hmm. more opportunity to use that speed that you're talking about. So we're so excited about Devontae Smith, but also because, like you said, we're excited about Smith, his impact on other guys like Rager, who can play more of a role now that I think better suits him. Because I don't know, even when we took Rager in 2020, Gino, like me and you were very excited, but it wasn't because we thought we got our wide receiver one. At least that wasn't for me. We were just into getting that speed, that home run threat ability that Carson Wentz never really had. So now that you have potentially that true wide receiver one, I think it makes Rager all the more exciting because that pressure is off his shoulders. Yeah, and now he kind of comes in in a different regard into this scheme, you know, because when he was drafted last year, they wanted him to be that downfield element that was able to get behind those one-on-one matchups just running a nine route right just being able to get out there mm-hmm. run past guys he was a little injured so that of, of course hurt him a little bit but now he comes here and I don't even want to see what he can do downfield because in my opinion if you're going to do that have a guy like John Hightower do that or Devonte Smith who clearly is going to do that use Jalen by getting him the ball in short yardage situations in space where he can use his athleticism to win the Eagles were one of the worst teams in yards after the catch last year right by far and away use Rager's ability to do that don't look at him as the player that you drafted look at him now as an auxiliary piece to add to this offense like you have the keys to the car in Devante and now you want to get a little tune-up you want to go in there uh let's say you put some new bulbs in your headlight Jalen Rager is going to be that guy that can guide you down the field just by getting the ball in his hands Today's episode of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. It's your chance to get into the action and bet on the NBA Finals. 3-2 to two right now in favor of the Milwaukee Bucks or the Phoenix Suns. You've got the MLB season in full swing, UFC and MMA action, NFL training camps start up next week. Get your futures in, get all your NFL bets. You can even bet on who is going to be third in snaps for the Eagles at the wide receiver position. That's what we're getting into next. Everything you need at betonline.ag. 
and we can get you a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit today on the website or your mobile device by using our promo code LOCKDOWN. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, promo code LOCKDOWN for a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We're talking about Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, right? The past two first-round picks for this organization. But as you're mentioning, there are some exciting guys after those two. And especially, Gino, I think you would agree that I think it makes it even more exciting when you see some of the potential of Hightower. You saw flashes last year. You saw flashes of Quez Watkins. You saw flashes of Travis Fulgham. And then when you bring in a head coach like Nick Sirianni, who is so into the development of his players, right, making his players better than finding alternative you know, options, especially at receiver where he has a long track record, um, that's what is more exciting because you can take these guys that are really raw and unproven, and then when you bring in a head coach like Sirianni who's so into the development of this position, I think it makes it even more exciting to think about Watkins, Hightower, Fulgham. And that's the big question, honestly, outside of like where are they going to move Rager, is who's going to be wide receiver three? Like I am fascinated to know at the end of the season who is going to be third in snaps at this position. When you look at the history of the guys that he had playing that position when he was in Indianapolis, I mean, he really didn't have all-stars playing that outside of T.Y. Hilton, you know. And he was able to get the young guys ready to go right away. And that's the thing that excites me the most. Nick Sirianni isn't a guy that's like, oh, they have to go out there and get ready. He's like, no, these guys are going to go in there. They're going to play snaps. If they mess up, so what? We're going to help them improve. They're not going to be a a team that just keeps these guys on the bench Mm -hmm. and just says, oh, their time will come. No, no, no. These guys are going to get thrown into the fire right away. I agree. They're going to have a real opportunity, Gino, to to sink or swim. And I think that was different last year. I think Travis Fulgham is the big example where he was thriving, leading the league in receiving yards for a month, right? And then Alshon Jeffrey comes back, and he didn't really get those opportunities. We didn't get an opportunity to see – if that was the real Travis Fulgham. And I think this year, like you're saying with Sirianni, he's going to give those guys the entire year to show whether they can do it or not. And that's the thing you need to now, because this season is mostly about evaluation moving forward to when you make your run. And you can't be making those decisions once you're in that territory to compete. You need to figure out if these guys can play now, and how do you do that? You throw him out there. Our big qualm with Doug Peterson was, why did it take so long for guys like Greg Ward and Josh Perkins to start seeing snaps down the stretch when they clearly were better than what they were putting out there? So now, if, let's say, John Hightower goes out there and his first three games he has four drops, you know, that was a little bit of a a downside to his game last year, I don't believe it's going to be, okay, sit him like they did with Nelson Aguilar. I believe Nick Sariani is going to be there to be right next to this guy, be in his ear and say, we know your skill set. We know what you can do. We're just going to help you get better each day. And that's the one thing I look at with Nick Sariani is that these guys, out of any unit on this team, should realize that they have a new life. You know, yeah. the wide receiver position in Philly has been criticized for the past three, four years. Say what you want about it. Say how it was constructed. Say how they used their youth. Say how they used the quarterback play. Now the vision is under what Jeffrey Lurie wants. It's under what Howie wants. It's under what Nick Sirianni wants. And they're going to make this thing work because they have to. These are the pieces that they've been dealt. And I fully believe that Nick Sirianni is a guy who can inspire these players to change their careers around and 
even do better than they did last year or a day before. And that's what it comes down to, especially at wide receiver. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to run the wrong route. You're going to have misunderstandings and timing between your quarterback and the receiver. You're going to have drops. You can't turtle like a guy like Nelson Aguilar did, though. You have to go out there and continue to go and put up snaps, put up film, and get better each day. And this young unit, they should be foaming at the mouth to want to get out there once training camp comes around and prove that they're the best five or six guys to win this job on this team. And I can't wait for those camp battles, Lou. You brought up the ones with Stephon Gilmore. I'm just excited to see these guys go against Darius Slay in our own building. That's going to be a great competition to see and see if these guys are willing to step up to that test in their first year. You separate the men from the boys here in training camp. You separate the men from the boys there in the first few games of preseason now that we only have three. And then the first couple weeks of the year, you're really going to figure it out. And once those guys that separate themselves show out, which Quez Watkins, John Hightower, even a guy like Greg Ward, these guys have made plays and shown flashes. Now just put it all together because the two guys in front of you and Jalen Rager and Devontae Smith, they're going to take a boatload of pressure off of you. So as long as they play their roles that Nick Sariani puts them in, you're going to see success out of this unit. And I'm very excited to see where they can go, not just this year, but for the, the upcoming future here in Philly. Who will have the third most snaps at wide receiver for the Eagles this year. I put it to a poll on Twitter. You can follow us and vote at Locked on Birds. And Gino, Travis Fulgham was the majority winner here at 68.4% of the votes. Number two was Quez Watkins. I think much like me and you, people are really buying into the Quez Watkins hype. I think they got really excited. After that Cardinals play, they're like, whoa, this is a kid that can do something Mm -hmm. that we didn't see in any other wide receiver. And then Greg Ward is third at 10.5%. Nobody voted for John Hightower, who was the other option. And I think that should be the case, Gino. I personally want Quez Watkins to be that third guy. I'd want to see him and Jalen Rager and Devontae Smith as well. I want to just see a slot by committee thing. I want mm-hmm. to see those guys interchanging inside and out as well as Kenneth Gainwell. But I think, honestly, if I had to put my money on it at betonline.ag, it would be Travis Fulgham or Greg Ward. And I guess really between those two, it just depends on how much they're going to commit to Rager inside. And they're going to commit to using Devontae in there and, you know, just a rotation. Because if they don't, if it's really just sometimes Rager plays inside, but most of the time he's your Z and Devontae Smith is your X, then I think it's Greg Ward. But if they are really going to use Rager like they use Nelson Aguilar, then I truly think it will be Travis Fulgham. And who is the real Travis Fulgham? is a question, a big one, and it's it's kind of hard to decide, you know. I think just looking at it from a overall scheme perspective, Greg Ward is really limited to where he can play. We know he can basically only play as the Y on the inside against right. a smaller slot receiver. Fulgham can play just about anywhere. So if you're looking at it and you're going to make a bet – which I would not bet this. This this one is one of the things on this team. I really have no idea how it's going to play mm-hmm. out. Travis Fulgham, simply because of his ability to line up all over the field, would be a safe bet there. But who is the real Travis Fulgham? Is it going to be like the meme when uh, you just take off one face and it's the same face underneath? <laughs> is it going to be the guy who we saw last year? Or is it going to be a guy who just can continue to get better? Be one of those guys that is a diamond in the rough. I, th- I feel like that's our theme for this whole training camp battle. Mm-hmm. Is can these guys who that they have scouted, who have the measurables, who have the intangibles, put it all together 
in a very big season. This is a huge season when it comes to evaluation now more than ever, and that's why I'm the most excited. Well, especially right with now how we many have a, draft picks you know you have next year. Because if they don't yep. do it this year, they're going to get replaced. Yeah, you have a blank slate, and you're putting plus and minuses next to every play that these kids make this year, and you're going to see the guys that go out there and have more positives, and they're going to earn their roles, or they can be the other side of Travis Fulgham where they just go out there and they're just a ghost. And that will lead to the next man up opportunities that they have. I would say a dark horse for that third role would be Quez Watkins, Lou. Mm -hmm. I really think it's going to be hard to keep him off the field simply because a lot of the big plays we saw to Jalen last year came at the hands of Quez Watkins on the other side of the ball. So they, they clearly have a little bit of a connection in the limited snaps that they had last year. So with running the fastest 40 in the draft, having his elite, Side to side ability is elite agility is elite quick quickness. You can't keep that guy off the field going against a third receiver or even a safety or even mm-hmm. sometimes a will linebacker because you win at matchups at the wide receiver position. Travis Fulgham, yeah, he's a guy that you could go and he, he can win one on one matchups. Not the quickest guy can high point the ball well. John Hightower, more specifically, a guy that gets down the field uses his speed. Quez is a guy who is very good in his route running, Lou. He puts exceptional work into that phase of his game. He can win, kill angles when it comes to getting up the field. He's one of the fastest players on the team, probably one of the fastest players in the league. And when you have a guy like that in the modern NFL where it comes to spacing and getting guys in space with quickness and athleticism, Mm -hmm. he fits the buck on that 10 times out of 10. There's just more you can do with him, Gino. Like yes. you, that, and that's my thing with Greg Ward is maybe I'm just scarred from the last regime going with their quote-unquote safe bet, right? The likes of Jalen Mills and Avante Maddox and Nate Geary, Jim Schwartz thought was a safe bet, which is insane. But maybe I'm just scarred from that team doing the, the bare minimum and going for the floor of a Greg Ward rather than the potential of a Quez Watkins. But I just think there's so... There's going to be so much meat left on the bone if Greg Ward is that guy inside. And Quez Watkins, like you're saying, he has abilities that these other guys do not. Again, just the question is, though, like if you plan on using Jalen Rager in that way and Devontae Smith in that way and Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell, are they going to prefer to have that third receiver just be more of a reliable guy, possession guy, like a Ward? Or are they going to prefer just to use a Travis Fulgham? I guess it really just comes down to preference of what they want that third receiver, what they want him to be. I would say it comes down to preference, but also the idea that this position especially, it's not like on the offensive line I said, if, hey, there's a matchup with uh, that Andre Dillard fits better, Jordan Mailata doesn't perform, that one of those guys can just swap in. This, at the wide receiver position, is a true matched-up-based position. And if you're going against a slot receiver who's five foot eight, right, mm-hmm. Travis Fulga might not be a bad play that week. Because if you can get him matched up one-on-one on that, yeah, he's probably going to get a few, I mean, even eight, nine-yard, ten-yard ten uh, receptions to just move the chains. But then in other games where it's a better uh, cornerback, you need somebody who can win those one-on-one matchups, which they did not have last year, I would put Quez Watkins out there. Even Greg Ward, a guy who you know can get you a reliable five, six yards when it comes down to it. So this is truly going to play what are the cards in your hand and how can I put my best five cards down like a hand of poker come Sunday. 
Today's episode of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by Rock Auto. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto, their prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs for your baby, right? We all love to take care of our cars, our trucks, Head over to rockauto.com right now. It's a family business. They've been serving auto park customers, do-it-yourselfers, for over 20 years. Make sure when you head to the website, you write down Lockdown in there. How did you hear about its box? So they know that Gino and I sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Gino, the other big question here at the receiver position, of course, it's how are they going to use Jalen Rager? Is Devontae Smith going to be that true wide receiver one? Who is going to be the third wide receiver, right? Who is the real Travis Fulgham? There's a lot of question marks. There's a lot of interesting storylines at this position heading into training camp next week. Another one is that final spot. If you assume the Eagles are going to keep six receivers, I personally think Smith, Rager, Fulgham, Ward, Quez Watkins, those five are going to make the team. And then mm-hmm. I feel like that one spot is left over for John Hightower or J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. And it's an interesting situation because I think when it comes to performance on the field, it's an easy choice. I think John Hightower has shown way more on the field than uh, J.J. has. Only seven players, interestingly enough, last year had back-to-back games with 50-plus yard catches, and John Hightower was one of them. Like, yeah, he struggled with things embracing contact, I think, was one. I think drops was a big one. Um, but at the same time, like he can really separate down the field. Mm-hmm. But I think the question is, Jeffrey Lurie handpicked J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. If you read that report, that story from The Athletic, that was a big-time Lurie and Howie Roseman pick. They're still running this team. Is it going to come down to just production on the field? Especially when you know Sirianni's belief in development, are they going to want to give J.J. another shot and keep him on the roster this year. I think it comes down to Hightower and Ortega Whiteside for that last spot, and I personally would want Hightower for the reasons I just said, but I don't know. I, I don't think it's like a clear-cut decision. I think this is something that it will come down to, you know, on-field performance again, of course. J.J. can't do nothing like he has, but um, they're moving him inside, and they're experimenting with him as a big slot. If it's close between the two, I don't know, man. They could keep Ortega Whiteside over Hightower. Yeah, this is the kind of Howie's finger on the trigger button right here with the the JJ versus John Hightower. And the good news is, pretty sure you could get John Hightower on the practice squad if it came down to it. He yeah. would be a guy that you could cash there. JJ, though, I I want to see him succeed. You guys know I'm his biggest proponent. Is it too late though? Has he already hit his ceiling? Like, right. is he a guy that they just completely ruined him in the first two years? And the whole reason they drafted him, Lou, was to replace Elshon Jeffrey, mm-hmm. who only had a role on that team because of Doug Peterson's offense. Do they even need a player like that on this team? That is the question. Or do you need multiple players, right? Because you have Travis Fulgham, who's kind of right. that bigger receiver. And I, I know Devontae Smith isn't the tallest receiver in the world, but he has that kind of style, too. He can go up and get the football. So... But I don't know, Gino. I can see them justifying it in a way, too, where it's like, look, we have a lot of speed on this team already. We have Smith. We have Rager. We have Gainwell and Sanders. And we have mm-hmm. Watkins. So do we need a John Hightower? That's the thing. Like you mentioned, like, do we need that kind of receiver at all? The JJ type. 
But I could also say that maybe this team justifies keeping their boy in, in Ortega Whiteside by saying, look, we already have a lot of speed and we want a different style of receiver with that last spot. Um, it's, it's interesting. And, and really, too, because I don't know, neither one's going to have a big role on special teams either. So I don't know, maybe do they cut both? It's, that's a big one to watch. Those two are certainly the ones that are on the bubble. I, I think Quez Watkins, you could, well, people, a lot of people will probably group in with those two rather than the other guys we've mentioned. But I think Watkins of those three is certainly the safest. Yeah, I, I certainly believe so as well. And that last spot, I would say who, who performs the best, man? Like we always have had our, our, our camp darlings, right? And we'll mm-hmm. have a, another iteration of the Ja'Cory Shepard award this, this off season. Because Carlton we do have Agadosi a, was my guy. Yes, sir. So, <laughs> And we always were like, oh, why aren't these guys like Paul Turner making the team? Like the Carlton Agadosi's like, why aren't they making the team? And it really came down to Howie Roseman wanting to keep his guys in there. But does Nick Sirianni and this new philosophy really change course in how how he does things? We saw him change his tone in this last draft. Is he willing to move on from guys who he put high capital in for players that maybe they didn't spend as high of a draft pick? but have better production and have better upside. That's what I want to see is like the ultimate evolution of Howie. Can he get away from doing these same things that he has done once roster cutdowns come? Because you have talent there now, Lou. And the back half, those four, five, and six receivers, they're going to have to step up in multiple different roles. And you can't just have a guy on the team to hopefully develop. You're going to want a guy that can go out there and play and if not, you only keep five. There's no reason to keep a six, especially with the way your running back room looks right now. You're probably going to want to keep more of those guys around than two wide receivers that aren't really performing. So it really mm-hmm. comes down to who wins the battle in camp, in my opinion. Who goes out there, puts on the best show, regardless of where they were taken, regardless of what the draft slot was. Has J.J. done enough this offseason to garner a little bit of attention to keep him on the roster? Or is John Hightower, in what he showed you in those limited snaps last year, plus his upside in athleticism and more fit for the modern game, possible move into special teams if you could teach him how to play gunner, he just has a lot more upside to me than J.J. right now. And somebody who has fell off that ship quite some time ago as the captain of it went down with it. We have sunk. We're at the bottom of the Titanic. <laughs> I'm just trying to find my way up and find a little dinghy that I can get on. And hopefully that dinghy is one of these guys on the back half of this wide receiver roster this year. I'm a big John Hightower guy. You knew I was. So yeah, I'm hoping absolutely. just as much as that he succeeds here in Philly as well. And when it comes down to it, Lou, I think your Sunday ticket take is correct. Like you're going to have guys. It's going to be like, oh, John Hightower, week seven, Eagles are like, three and or maybe they're like two and five right and he goes off for like a 160 yard game on two like 80 yard bombs like I could totally see that happening just because they have so many different elements that you're going to forget about one or two of those Mm -hmm. guys in coverage it's a fresh start at the wide receiver position for the Philadelphia Eagles no longer going after you know bringing it back with Alshon Jeffrey and trading back for Deshaun Jackson and going after Mike Wallace or Golden Tate this is a fresh start they're going for the youth they're going for the long term at this position, and that results right now in no real answers, but you're going to get them in the 2021 mm-hmm. season, and it starts next week 
at training camp. Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri signing off on this edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. We'll be back tomorrow as well to preview the running back position as we continue our 2021 training camp preview on LOE. Five episodes a week. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your shows and follow us on Twitter as well at Locked On Birds, at DiBiase, LOE, at GC24 underscore football. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading, thank you for listening, and let's go Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.